Let's give our praise team a hand this morning. It is awesome, it is wonderful for God's people to be able to join together and just worship Him, uh, to rejoice in His goodness. He has given us something to rejoice over, amen? Uh, 2,000 years ago was the first Christmas, a Christmas to remember. As we were just singing, uh, He was born to give us second birth. The reason that Jesus Christ came into the world is that we may live again that we may be born again. And the birth of Jesus Christ brought great joy. And there's so much joy surrounding the life of Jesus Christ. And I want to share a few verses as we begin today. Um, The angels, uh, they appear to the shepherds in the field. I need this uh, to advance unless there's anything wrong with it. Uh, The angels show up and appear to the shepherds in the field. And he says, the the angel says to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The Greek word people is anthropos, meaning all peoples. Uh, The great joy, the good news that we have is for all people. For unto you, the bread of the Lord Jesus Christ is caught in my throat. I guess that's a good thing. We're to hide his word in our hearts and his body in here too. So that's a good thing. Um, But for unto us is born this day, or unto you is born this day, in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord, a Savior. And when the wise men from the east came and followed the star, it came to rest over the place where the child was. Uh, these, these Persians are, are following and they, they've been watching the stars. And I find it fascinating that people who were the closest to God were unaware. And people that were watching celestial events were aware that the Messiah was going to be born. And that's actually a message in and of itself of prevenient grace, that God's grace is going before that he may win people to him. And, and it tells us in the scriptures, when, the, when it rested upon the place where the child was, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Uh, that means they saw the Christ. They saw that the star had arrived. They had been following this to see uh, the king of the Jews. Amen. They went to the house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Church, there was a lot of rejoicing surrounding the birth of Christ, but there were some very evil things taking place at the same time. After the wise men had worshipped Jesus, the king of the Jews, they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod. As they departed, they, they departed to their own country, not going back to tell Herod where the king would be. Then Joseph also was warned in a dream to flee to Egypt that Herod was seeking to kill the child. Some have come to worship the child. Others want to kill the child. And Herod sent men to kill the male children who were two years and younger just to be safe, to make sure he got the right one. 
The reason I share all of this with you today is because there was so much rejoicing about the coming of Christ. However, there was a lot of evil taking place. You know, Herod sought to kill the one born king of the Jews. Um, What's sad to think about, he did not have a problem killing children. The objective was to kill the one that would be born king of the Jews, knowing prophecy too. That someone tried to intercept prophecy and tried to stop Jesus, but he couldn't stop it. And just as he stopped, he tried to stop Christ and and threatened the king or to stop the king or his reign. um, Today, skeptics and atheists and false teachers still seek to stop the prophecy and the message today. Um, This is a, a wonderful historical event. However... Atheist groups have billboards put up every year to entice people to deny Christ and skip church. Uh, This is real. This is atheist groups. Now, I want you just to to follow this line of reasoning. If something does not exist, do I have to make it my life's mission to say it doesn't exist? It naturally would not exist. The problem they war against this is because their hearts are hardened. They do not want to accept that there is a God because then they have to submit their life to God. It is their life mission to try to stop the teachings of Christ in his church because they do not want him as their king, just as Herod did 2,000 years ago. So you see in these, uh, these billboard, billboards here, you know it's a myth. Uh, there's, there's no reason to celebrate. Here it is. Skip church. It's all fake news. What's interesting is that atheists don't even have to tell Christians today to skip church. Do they? That's already happening anyway. But just so you guys know, on Christmas Day, we're actually going to have church and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we should do? A lot of people are saying we should keep Christ in Christmas. I think we need to keep Christians in Christmas, too. (laughs) But a reminder is that there's this push to stop and teach against the things of God. And even though we have a culture bent on denying historical events, I will take the word of prophets of old, holy men, the trustworthiness of Scripture. I would trust an angel's voice recognizing that he is speaking prophecy. I would take the word of a virgin named Mary and Christian teachings over the world who continues to reject morality and truth. Now, I want to share some scripture with you today. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1. Uh, we were looking at Matthew chapter 1 earlier, but here it is. We're going to be talking about the virgin birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 38. And the angel said to her, who is her? Mary, we're learning this. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, in Matthew one twenty one, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The reminder why Jesus came. In verse 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? That's hard to say, isn't it? I was like, do we have to say that together? Uh, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, um, to be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. You're seeing two miraculous births happen simultaneously. And um, And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. 
for nothing will be impossible with and Mary said behold I am the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her let's pray together today father in heaven we thank you that we have a firm foundation to stand on the truth of prophecy the truth of the scriptures the historicity of Christianity knowing that Christ really did come into the world, that Christ died on the cross, that he rose again, that people saw these things happen, and they have passed it down to us, and we believe it as well. And I pray today as we're learning your scriptures, Lord, I pray that you encourage us and strengthen us in knowing what we are to know as disciples, that believers believe, that we live as you've called us to live, that we do not back up on the things that we trust and believe as Christians. This world is in the business of uh, deceiving, uh, resisting the truth, but we are to be bearers of the light and love and life that you have given us. And let us continue in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, church, we have a culture bent on undermining clear and historical Christian doctrine. And each year around Christmas, atheists work hard to reject the Incarnation, uh, the virgin conception and birth. And each year around Easter, you'll see the same thing. Documentaries, the History Channel, they try to deny that Jesus ever rose from the dead. They want to deny his birth, the incarnation, the greatest miracle, and the resurrection. The two greatest things in Christianity, to push against those things. But I want you to know, as God's people, that Mary was, in fact, a virgin. Today, there are some that say, well, no, she couldn't be a virgin. I don't know if that's true. And we try to fit historical doctrine and prophecy into our lens of today. People are finding it harder and harder to understand that a young woman could be a virgin in the first place. And they don't want her to be a virgin. They do not want her to be a virgin conceived, um, that the Holy Spirit has conceived in her the Son of God, because it means you have to accept a miracle. If you open up your mind and your heart to miracles, you have to accept the idea of God. And I would say if you accept the idea of God, it's easier to accept the idea of miracles. If there is a God, miracles can, in fact, happen. Now, there's a lot of uh, issues around Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. It has become one of the most controversial verses in Scripture because of the prophecy concerning the virgin birth. Now, this is something I like to do, and some of this I've shared before, is to make a defense for Christian doctrine. As Christians, we are to be apologetics. Uh, we are to understand apologetics, apologia, which means that we are to hide God's word in our heart, that we may make a defense. On one end, we proclaim the truth of God's word. On the other end, we defend these truths from those who deny these things. But here it is. I want you to listen to what Isaiah has to say. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign... The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Um, the word virgin here is what gets a lot of people tore up. The Hebrew word here is Alma. It means young woman. So what someone will do is they'll read the Old Testament word for virgin and they'll define it in Hebrew and it's, it's Alma. And they'll say, well, it just says she was a young woman. So that means she must not have been a virgin. And this is where liberal theologians or skeptics will use this to cast doubt on the virgin birth. They will say, well, the Hebrew word merely means young woman. And this is where the study of Scripture really matters. Now, raise your hand if you've ever heard of the Protestant Reformation. Great. 
One of the main things of the Protestant Reformation is sola scriptura, which means scripture alone. I do not base my belief system on what people may say about the scripture. I trust it on scripture indeed. In fact, they had something more than sola scriptura. They said uh, they had another Latin word that meant to let scripture interpret scripture. So understanding scripture, looking up a word and finding out the definition is one thing. Understanding how it is in context matters. When you take the text out of the context, all you're left with is a con. And so we need to, we need to be in the scripture a little more in depthly. So here it is. Alma appears seven times in the Old Testament. One time it means damsel. Two times maid. Four times virgin. And every time Alma meant virgin, there was evidence or context to back it up. For example, we have in Genesis, when Abraham's servant travels to Haran to find a bride, Rebekah, for Isaac, he is looking for a virgin. Um, Genesis 24, 43. And it uses the term Alma. It says this in Genesis 24, 16. The woman, damsel, uh, was very beautiful. A virgin no man had ever slept with. So even if you, you said, okay, Alma means young woman, they clarify what they mean. She never slept or knew a man. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up. It may be, it's very clear in this text that she was a virgin. And even the translation, I want you guys to know this too. Raise your hand if you've heard of the Septuagint. The Septuagint, which meant 70 people, they were 70 Jews who understood Greek and translated the Old Testament into Greek. 200 years before Jesus Christ was born, Jews had already translated Alma to mean virgin. They understood it did not just mean a young little lady. It meant, in fact, that she had not been with a man. She was a virgin. 200 years before Christ was born, they wanted to make sure they translated it into Greek as Parthenos, which means virgin. I'll get into that in a minute, and I won't have it on the screen. So also in the New Testament, Joseph had come up with a plan to divorce Mary privately. Why did he want to divorce her? Because it was a baby bump, and he had not gotten married yet. So there was a drama. There was an issue, and he was going to divorce her privately. The angel appears to Joseph to encourage him what really has taken place. So Matthew 1, 20 through 25, again, Joseph's the son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. In verse 22, all this took place to fulfill. Matthew is writing this. He's recording what the angel said to Joseph and now he's making a notation here. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Virgin here in the Greek is Parthenos. Now, why is that important? What have you heard of in, in Greek cultures? There's a temple called what? The, Partha, the Parthenon. Who did they worship in the Parthenon? Athena, who was the Greek goddess of virginity. Why would we use Parthenos for virgin unless we meant virgin? So you have Alma clarified as meaning a, a woman who had not been with a man. We have Parthenos as the Greek New Testament um, translation for us. And then let's go on, verses 24 through 25. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. 
but he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, this is important because Matthew appropriately, again, quotes Isaiah 14 and aligns it with this, that she was indeed a virgin. Now, back to Luke chapter 1 here. Um, and the conversation with an angel and Mary. How will this be? <laughs> How can I have a child? Because what? Since I am a... And the translation actually is, I've never known a dude. <laughs> Some, it doesn't make sense. How can I have a child if I've never known a man? So I would say the Greek word, the Hebrew word says she's a virgin. The angel knows that she's a virgin. Mary knows that she's a virgin. A scandalous. And I guarantee you, if anyone came to Mary's father and said, I don't think she was a virgin, what do you think he would have done? He would have knocked them out. And I want you to know, because the Hebrew people were intertwined in their family close. It wasn't like today, oh, a guy shows up at the door, here, take my keys, take my daughter out on a date. They knew what was going on with their kids. And the point is, is that she was indeed a virgin, and it matters to us as Christians. A few hundred years after Jesus Christ, we still recite today the Apostles' Creed, but they started reciting that. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Born of the what? The Virgin Mary. Christians have been saying that for 1,600 years. It's only been in the last few centuries that people really seriously began to question these things. As many as seven biblical authors believed and wrote about the virgin birth of Christ, not just that it was a young woman, it's that she would be a virgin and the Son of God would be conceived in her. And Mary understood this. She believed it and knew it herself. I'm going to invite Jay and the worship team to come back to the platform as we prepare the close. Now, church, why is this important for us? Do we really need to know this? And I want you to know why it's important. Because we need to trust the Christ that we believe in. We need to trust the scriptures today because we easily doubt it. Satan plants seeds of doubt in our heart. Because we believe the Bible to be true and trustworthy. Now, some say the belief in the virgin birth is not important, not necessary, but it is. And I want you to see why. You could say, well, I, I, we can give up on that area. And what's going to happen is they will attack another area. Clinton Howard, a theologian, wrote about this almost 100 years ago. And I want you to see this. We have it on the screen. If the attack upon the cradle is allowed to go on or unchallenged, they will attack the tomb next. And in their attack upon the cross, if they are allowed to deny the miracle of his birth and we keep silent, they will attack the miracle of the resurrection and the miracle of his incarnation. And we will be soon without a Christ altogether, church. We defend the things we believe. It is on a firm foundation and we should believe these things. And because of these things, church, I want you to know we can have great joy. Because this great light has come into the world. When the angel appealed to, appeared to the shepherds, he says, we are giving you a sign the virgin will conceive. There is good news of great joy. There's a little child. Go and see him. He is born. Rejoice. Great news. Great joy has come into the world. Good news of great joy to all people. And I think